Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Today's episode is about health apps. When physicians talk with me about apps, these conversations tend to fall into two categories. No, not glee or horror, (laughs) but maybe you'll recognize these. Either your patients are coming to you and talking or asking questions about various apps, or your organization uses a specific app and patients have questions about this. Are you talking to patients about that app? Talking about health apps turns out to be a complex health communication issue, as you'll learn in this episode. So if you find yourself talking apps, or maybe if you have responsibility for an app or you develop apps, and you're concerned about reaching all patients, well, this one's for you. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. We'll start by taking a quick glance at the field. Though consumer-facing med tech can include patient portals, wearables, devices, and websites, it's apps delivered through smartphones that have been getting the buzz lately. One industry insider, her name's Cynthia Burgard, and she is a research director with IDC Health Insights, points out that, quote, regardless of what one's age is, no one goes anywhere without a mobile phone, end quote. Now, mHealth is the term used for mobile health, which is a subset of the larger digital health world. And depending on what definition of mHealth you use, the number of apps vary. A recent statistic shows that in the Apple App Store alone, in the first quarter of 2018, there were nearly 48,000 mHealth apps, and other surveys show larger numbers. Links to these in the show notes. Another industry survey shows 66 out of 100 of the largest hospital systems make their own apps. According to a recent Medical Group Management Association poll, two-thirds of healthcare organizations capitalize on our love of smartphones and use text messages, mainly for appointment reminders. Why do people use health apps? It's not news that most apps provide information, so patients often use health apps the same way they would use, say, a reference book or maybe a website. But according to another industry report, patients use health apps to share and receive information from doctors, to comparison shop, to locate providers, to track their own data, and for reminders, or even to journal. And Instagram move over, 69% of mobile health users think that tracking their health and fitness on their smartphone is more important than using that phone for social networking or online shopping, according to the National Academy's Health Literacy and Consumer-Facing Technology Workshop. Again, links in the show notes. So here's where health literacy comes into it. All those reasons that people use apps, they all involve literacy. That's a lot of health literacy going on. Health literacy is also an appropriate concern here because digital health tools Across social groups. Here are some statistics that may surprise you. 60% of seniors are somewhat 
or very likely, to turn to online communities for health information and are becoming more technically savvy on their smartphones. Again, this is from the National Academy Science and Medicine Workshop on Health Literacy and Consumer-Facing Technology. Minorities are more likely to use their smartphone to access health information and track their health. Health-focused apps are more likely to be downloaded by African Americans and Hispanics than white non-Hispanic populations. This is from an earlier survey from the Institute of Medicine called Designing Health Literate Mobile Apps. But there are some problems. Unfortunately, most developers are not providers. Also, the design of many health apps can reflect a bit of a gap. One mHealth industry newsletter cites a data brief on the usability of apps, where researchers found that, quote, most mHealth apps have low design quality. Adding to this trouble, most of the health information and patient education out there, like that provided in the apps, is still being written in a way that's inaccessible to most Americans. So, if you're a provider, you can be stuck in the middle. On the one hand, there's the health information that isn't as accessible as we'd like it to be, on an app that might be of questionable design quality. And on the other hand, there's your patient, who's trying to make sense of it all and take more control of their health. What can you do? Here are three things you can do when you next talk about an app with a patient. Number one, (laughs) assume nothing. Take a look at the health information that people are accessing on their app. Attending to the quality and the nature of this health information, you know, that's provided through the app, is one means of supporting patients' autonomous health decisions. Yes, the federal government and many professional organizations have made recommendations and are providing advice and guidance on how health information should be communicated. The problem remains that these are not always being followed. So is the information your patient is looking at clear? Is it accessible? Is it actionable? Number two, take small steps. You've heard me say this before. Start where your patient is. How well does this app fit with what your patient already knows? and is already doing. You can think about this in terms of tech in general. That is, how do they use other apps? Do they use any other trackers? Things like that. Also, consider it in terms of how your patient is already managing their condition. Because the key here is to take small steps, adding gradually on to what they already know and can do. If your organization is rolling out its own app, make sure you know who's responsible for guiding patients through the use of the app. And number three, stay curious. Whatever you think of the app, as long as the information is accurate, try to keep an open mind. From your patient's perspective, is this app or device helping them live a better life? That's as compelling a reason as any to keep going. 
the AHRQ makes some persuasive points to those who develop and purchase health IT. The increase in cultural and linguistic diversity of the U.S. population means that developers who pay attention to health literacy will be broadening their potential audience. They also argue that everyone benefits when health literacy concerns are included in development. They say, quote, higher literacy user groups also benefit from making health IT accessible to limited literacy populations. So if you're concerned about or responsible for an app or even a website in your organization, I can help. Health Communication Partners has resources available to help you create or modify your health information content with health literacy in mind. It's a framework that lets you meet or even exceed those recommendations from federal agencies, so you know you're producing health information that engages all patients. If you're ready to get started with this, contact me at healthcommunicationpartners.com. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication, and I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.